The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. Lanny Davis, he's a Washington lawyer and lobbyist, served as special counsel to President Bill Clinton and supported Hillary Clinton in her presidential bid. His new book is The Unmaking of the President 2016, How FBI Director James Comey Cost Hillary Clinton the Presidency. Thanks for joining us, Lanny. Thanks for having me. What a breaking news story with Mr. Rosenstein having the same opinion of Jim Comey as I do. Well, let's let's talk... uh, We'll have to see what uh, Mr. Rosenstein is going to be talking Stein. about. I think it's the Russian investigation. And let me get your reaction. You were special counsel to uh, President Clinton when the White House was under investigation by an independent counsel. How, how do you see this news that there is actually an indictment, a criminal indictment, the first criminal case to accuse Russians of seeking to influence the outcome of the U.S. election? How do you think this plays into all the other things that have been happening? Well, just to uh, reference your uh, my experience with President Clinton, uh, seven years and $60 million of the independent counsel, Kenneth Starr's uh, investigation uh, the subsequent independent counsel concluded the investigation by saying nothing there. People forget with the possessive um, possession of all the headlines about Whitewater that the end was nothing there. So in this case, we already have more than something. We have several things. We have two guilty pleas, one by the National Security Advisor, uh, Mr. Flynn, and now it looks like they have uncovered serious Russian uh, meddling in the election. And remember, the intelligence agencies don't just say the word meddling. They say influencing in favor of Trump. So my book is about Jim Comey making the extremely bad judgment to send a letter contrary to Justice Department policies 11 days from an election that changed Hillary Clinton's lead from plus six to losing in the three critical states by less than 1%. So that's why I focus on Comey, because I can prove it statistically, but the Russian intervention on behalf of Donald Trump uh, was certainly an important factor as well. I just want to make clear that there has been no connection of any of these factors, especially this indictment, to President Trump. There has been no link back to him. That's correct. And I decided not to try to prove that the Russian meddling on his behalf, which is a unanimous judgment of all the intelligence agencies of the U.S. government, as well as former President Obama, that they were meddling to help Donald Trump and tarnish Hillary Clinton. That's a fact. What we can't prove is that those activities on behalf of Trump were coordinated with 
Trump campaign officials or with Mr. Trump himself. That remains to be seen. Now, let's talk about uh, your book for a moment. You talk about how the single reason Clinton lost the election was that FBI Director Comey wrote a letter to Congress that we all remember on October 28th saying the FBI was doing additional investigation of Clinton emails after the discovery of Anthony Weiner's laptop. Tell us why you write that that was the single reason. Well, actually, I don't use that expression. I was very careful to avoid the single reason. I use the expression the decisive reason, and then I use the expression but for the Comey letter, she would have won. But there were many other mistakes that one could say contributed to her defeat. She took ownership of those mistakes, including the very decision to start a private email system. All mistakes contribute to a defeat. But the one mistake that was decisive, which I proved mathematically, is that on the morning of October 28, 2016, despite all of the other mistakes that contributed to her defeat, On that morning of October 28th, she's ahead nationally by 6%, a larger margin than Barack Obama defeated Mitt Romney. And she's ahead in all the battleground states that she needed to win, including by large margins, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Within three days of the Comey letter, she had dropped like a rock falling in a pond, and she was virtually tied in those three states. That's within three days. So... It is impossible to avoid the conclusion, especially the drenched media coverage with the headlines Hillary Clinton under new criminal investigation, that was what was a substantial victory in the morning of October 28th turned into a narrow defeat 10 days later. Clinton did win the popular vote. And an analysis after the election showed that state-level polling underestimated the level of Trump support, especially in those three states you mentioned. Actually, no. That, that is, I, I, I'm sorry to sound like I'm contradicting you because you are certainly reflecting what everybody believes, so you're, you have great company. But the polls were exactly right because the tracking polls daily, which I did in my book, starting on the afternoon of the 28th, 29, 30, 31, 1 through 8, every day showed the effects of the saturated coverage of Hillary Clinton being under a new criminal investigation about emails Each day she was dropping. So by the last weekend in those three states, she was within one or two points of Donald Trump. So the polls were not not only can I prove they were accurate as we approached Election Day that she was dropping after the Comey letter. But this is very fascinating. The the last set of polls by Real Clear Politics predicted Hillary Clinton would win the popular vote by 3%. That was within 1% of the actual total. So just think about how accurate the polls were, that they were within 1% of predicting the final result in popular vote. And in the battleground states, as you just mentioned, every one of the states that she was ahead on October 28th, as soon as the Comey letter hit, in North Carolina, she was ahead, she dropped. In Florida, she only lost by 1.2%. She was ahead by several points before the Comey letter. And even Arizona, she was ahead. So we are able to see what happened in those last 10 days as a result of the Comey letter. You were a lawyer involved, as I mentioned, in the White House under investigation by an independent counsel. What's your opinion about the Trump administration's handling of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation? It's a great question. I even had uh, Steve Bannon uh, pay me a compliment, and I thanked him 
in person on the phone that what the Trump White House needed was, and they used me as a noun, A. Lanny Davis, which I took as a compliment because my philosophy is if you have bad news, you have to have a client willing to tell the truth and tell it early, tell it all, and tell it yourself. That's the crisis management mantra. And the Trump White House has violated that rule almost every time. And I think their major problem, they have my sympathy, certainly the lawyers have my sympathy, which is a client who's not willing to tell the truth. Well, how have the lawyers been handling it? Well, uh, it's hopefully hard for me to second guess. Uh, I happen to know the White House counsel, Don McGahn, as a, a very capable person. And he's got his hands full because he has a client who twitters or tweets uh, information that we know is contrary to fact, information that is insulting and offensive. And that's his client that he's supposed to be controlling in the middle of a criminal investigation. So I can only say they're not handling it well, but I have sympathy because the client they have is out of control, doesn't know a truth from a falsehood, and that makes it very hard on a lawyer. So many political analysts and some legal analysts have speculated on President Trump taking the fifth if his lawyers don't reach an agreement with Mueller and if Mueller serves him with a subpoena. Impossible. Is, is, well, is several, several people have said this on, our, on, a Bloomberg, on Bloomberg View. Uh, we've had Noah Feldman, who is a respected constitutional lawyer, saying that he may take the fifth and he may survive it. No, Noah Feldman and every other lawyer that says that hasn't a clue about our Constitution and American politics. The President of the United States taking the Fifth Amendment is politically viable. With all due respect to the professor, the answer is everyone has the right to the Fifth Amendment. I do, you do. When you are elected president, you either resign or tell the truth. You do not take the Fifth Amendment. James Madison and Alexander Hamilton said the only real impeachable offense is if a president betrays his trust to the American people. If Donald Trump isn't worried about telling the truth, tell the truth. If he's worried about telling the truth, resign or be impeached. So nobody that I know in politics would say that it's politically viable for a president of the United States to refuse to tell the truth but to take the Fifth Amendment. People who are criminal defense lawyers or in academic institutions who have never run for office have an easy time saying, of course he should take the Fifth. Well, he should take the Fifth if he's not president. If he's president, he should resign. Well, that, that's your scenario. But how, don't you admit that President Trump has survived many things politically that other yes. presidents would not have been <laughs> able to and including won an election when many things were alleged that other presidents wouldn't have been able to overcome. You're, you're absolutely right. And I have to pause when I say he has to resign if he takes the fifth because his, his expression is I could kill somebody on Fifth Avenue and they'd forgive me. But we're talking about they're, – they're happy about this number, 40 percent approval rating. Yay! The White House actually brags about it. I think Donald Trump on television said, look at my approval ratings. 40% is the lowest approval rating in the history of America. And that's about where he is, plus or minus. So with that level of minor support in a loyal base, taking the Fifth Amendment, if your president says, I'm worried about telling the truth, and if you're a private citizen, fine, take the Fifth Amendment. If you're president of the United States can't happen. 
Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.